This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm, April 29th, 2021. So we're getting into swarm season. I want to talk initially about, you know, the opinion about beekeepers and bee helpers and what to do with swarms. So let me take you through some of the thoughts out there and how it's impacted what we're doing here in the farm. Now, if you watch any YouTube videos on swarming behavior or do some research, most people will tell you that in the commercial beekeeping world, swarming is a bad thing. Um, bees swarm because that's the way they reproduce a colony. The only way they can actually reproduce a colony naturally is by swarming. So what happens is as the beehive becomes more and more congested or packed with people, people, sorry, bees, and the... Uh, pollen and nectar is flowing the workers start to create queen cells basically they um, build an elongated uh, capsule if you will it looks like a peanut and they will do a bunch of them where they will feed the egg and larvae different food the larvae different food royal jelly and another uh, scientists believe it's a, it's a formulation of different products to create the queen. Now, as that queen begins to mature in, inside the cells, inside the pupa, the bees begin to get ready to swarm. And then when that swarming day comes, the old queen or the queen that's in the original hive leaves with approximately half of all the bees in the hive. Uh, they then go and they create a ball, which you've probably seen, or a, they huddle up close together while they send out scouts to look for a new home. And then they come back, and over a period of hours or days, they vote. Hopefully it's hours. They actually carry out a vote. And when the scouts and everyone votes, they then make a decision, and they go to that new home. They all move in. The queen moves in, and they start life in a new home. And therefore, from one colony becomes two. Now, the survival rate is quite low for swarms because they have to you know, survive a couple of things. First, they have to survive, um, you know, the queen coming out and, and in their huddled up nature and then finding a home and getting to that home without having the queen be consumed by a bird or some other animal. When they get to that place, they then have to quickly um, look for food because they only have enough food that they're carrying with them. So over the course of three or four days, they're going to need to find pollen and nectar. So if you get an extended cold spell or a uh, rainy sp period and the bees can't go out and forage, or there's nothing blooming, which probably isn't the case because they wouldn't be swarming, but let's assume that you get some bad weather, the, the swarm may perish. Now the advantage to a swarm is a number of things. First of all, it's a survival method of bees, so you create one from two. Sorry, two from one, so you have more more colonies that can survive, and hopefully genetically it will get stronger. You also have what's called a, a pause in, in the brood. So varroa mites um, only reproduce and develop in larvae. So when the queen leaves, she will be, you know, it takes a while for the bees to create a the, the comb that she's going to lay into. Um, so there's a pause there. On the home front, there's a significant pause because the the queen that the new queen that's hatched and is going to become the queen of that hive 
needs to go out and get mated, return safely, begin laying eggs, and there will be a, a pause for during that time period before the bees will begin to hatch again and the varroa mite. So it's, it's kind of a, a natural way to get a break in uh, varroa mite pressure. There's a risk with the new queen leaving the old hive to mate that she will be consumed by a bird or not make it back safely or in some cases go back to the wrong spot and therefore that hive will be without a queen and the queen and they most likely will then perish as well so it's a very risky time so back to the science the the traditional livestock um, opinion of, of swarming is that it's a bad thing that you need to go in and you need to split your hives ahead of time so if you divide up one hive into two on your own the bees the thinking is the bees will be less likely to swarm Sometimes uh, some of the videos and some of the research or experts will tell you to go in and kill or crush the queen cells so that there is no queen that's going to ever hatch out. But the problem then is you have all these bees. What happens to all the bees? And, of course, the answer is you add more boxes to produce more honey and gradually just continue to make this ginormous community in one, in one, uh, one hive instead of, instead of letting them split. The, the idea of natural beekeepers stopping bees from swarming is a, is, is a bit of a, a problem for me. So if the bees do swarm, uh, so I, in fact, did this. You, you're, you're told to catch the swarm. And, and catching the swarm means you take a, a container. It could be a box and, and some other you know, or some other, could even be a hive, and, and you try to shake them down or cut them down so that the queen actually falls into the box and all the other bees follow, and then you put a lid on it. And that's how you generally catch a swarm. So, for me, uh, I mean, I tried that. And if you remember, if you look at an old video, we, we put the bees, I put the bees in a box and thought I had them, and then they decided to move out and go to another box we had. And so this sort of goes to my thinking that who are we to decide to, to grab a swarm and force them into a box? It seems unnatural. So at one level, you have beekeepers who say, well, we don't ever let them swarm. And then you have natural beekeepers who say, let them swarm and then catch that swarm. I'm of the thinking that bees should decide where they live. And if you provide them with a number of opportunities and they choose, great. And if they decide to live somewhere else or don't make it, that's unfortunately, that's nature. So the idea of catching a swarm, I think, is counter to the natural beekeeping idea. Where you, where you let bees sort of, you know, do their thing without human interference as much as possible. And we probably should be wasting or spending more of our time on building habitat, whether it be wildflowers, trees, and so on. So I'm working on a video for next week, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. We had a, I was, I, I could tell, and, and if you looked at last week's video, you probably saw all the drones coming out, taking their, you know, their flights, checking out where they're going to go to meet up with queens. And it seems quite obvious that, you know, as the hives begin to get, you know, larger and larger with bees hanging out everywhere, that pretty soon we're going to be getting into the swarm season. And I thought yesterday would have been the day. So I'm walking around uh, all the all the hives and, and first I go to the empty hives and there's nothing going on there's not even any scouts and I'm thinking well it looks like no one's swarming and I get to my final check which would be the uh, log hive 
And sure enough, there's a massive amount of bees on the outside of the hive, and I posted on Instagram. And so they're swarming. I go back to get the camera, I get back, and they're gone. They're, they're just, they're all moving toward sort of collecting onto a, sort of a huddle up on, a, on the top of a white pine tree. And I have a look at that for a while. And then I thought, well, okay, I will, I did, did some videos of the front of the hive without the swarm on it and so on. And uh, well, I'll come back and see where they've gone, maybe within a couple hours. Very warm yesterday, about 26, 27. So I come back a few hours later, and the swarm is back on the hive. And I, I'd never heard of this before. So they went, they left, and then they decided to come back. Well, there's a bit of science, and I did some digging, and the science says that sometimes this happens on rare occasions when the queen decides not to come. So the bees swarm, and, you know, she's not controlling it, the queen. The, the workers all decide they're going to swarm, and a couple of days ahead of time, they stop feeding her, so she gets a little hungry. They want to trim her down so she can fly, apparently. Um, but for whatever reason, the queen chose not to leave with them. That's the best guess we have. So they went back. Now, it, it also rained yesterday. So after later in the evening, we, we got quite a downpour. And then today it's raining again. And I thought, well, I'm going to go see what's going on. So I just got all rain geared up and walked out there. And sure enough, uh, there is still a ball of bees on the outside of the hive. And the inside of the hive is just blowing up with bees they're just about falling out the door there's no room so some of them went back inside but some of them i think are protecting a queen now because it doesn't make sense so it's down to eight degrees today and raining and wet and so we're going to see how this ends are they going to make it i have no idea but they sure have a lot of little glitches in their planning i think but there's science on bees remaining in that sort of huddled up position for a very long time it can be days although they're going to run out of food and starve or they're going to be very cold if it continues to rain so we'll keep we'll keep track we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens they're also under a tree and and there's less direct rain because it's coming straight down so we'll see what happens with that hive so I just think about the swarming idea. If you leave swarms alone in a day or two, they'll be gone. They'll go find a place to live. And you wonder if we just left more of them alone, if we would have more bees in the wild and it would help pollinators and, you know, the reproduction of bees that have stronger abilities to uh, survive in our environment. So I'll keep you posted. It does look like a number of our hives, probably all of them are going to swarm soon because we're not doing any splits, early spring splits. Um, we're not adding any boxes. Um, there is a, quite a flow on that some of the canolas up around and and uh, full of dandelions everywhere. So I think there's there's a significant amount of food for them. So uh, and this is before the clover starts to bloom in about three or four weeks. So I think we're going to be uh, full of swarms and we'll keep you posted. I'll also let you know where this uh, this uh, log hive swarm decides to go. So for in my opinion, when bees swarm, you first of all you encourage them, let them swarm. Um, and then um, watch them. Don't try to catch them because there's no such thing as catching them. They'll just leave again if they want, or you might put them in an environment that they're not. Now, think about it. They have a democratic process. They vote. And when you, 
when you catch a swarm or you force a swarm of bees into your hive or whatever it is you're going to force them into, you're not letting them decide on their own. That's got to be confusing, aggravating, and they must be wondering about that. That how did they get from being in a tree and taking a vote to suddenly being you know, sort of pushed into a hive? So we're not going to do that anymore here. We're not going to catch any swarms. We're just going to put out as many possible empty living arrangements as we can do and see if that encourages them to stay on the farm. And if not, best of luck to them wherever they may go. So I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. Keep you posted on the swarms and look forward to posting the end of the story next week. Remember, you can go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and look at all our videos. Go to honeybeelessonplans.com and get uh, you know lesson plans on different videos to help your children learn or your grandchildren. And you can also go to teachable.com and take my class on helping bees. You have an amazing day. Talk to you again next time.